Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Right, welcome back. So as mentioned, there's this uh, video that's kind of gone viral, and it's, it's prompted a, an important conversation, I think, because certainly what, what I've heard from, from families, children with autism, is that you know, they want understanding. And I, you know, I think it's, it's difficult for others to, to understand and appreciate what it is they're dealing with. And, and maybe to, to a lot of us, uh, autism or autism spectrum disorder still seems like a, a bit of a mystery, and we don't know what to make of it. So that's where, I, and I think videos like this or initiatives like this can really go a long way and maybe why there's been such resonance from this. So nine-year-old boy George Yonalis, uh, I believe is his name. He's um, a kid in North Carolina. And as a way of kind of you know, getting through to his classmates or at least making them perhaps a little less nervous or apprehensive around him, he put together this video kind of introducing himself, telling them a bit about himself, and in the process telling them a bit more about autism and what that means to him on a daily basis and you know, what they can learn from it. So I think the whole video is about you know, seven or eight minutes, but I wanted to play this, this little snippet. So here's this uh, pretty cool kid, George, uh, telling a bit of his story to his classmates. I didn't speak until I was almost three years old. In fact, my parents weren't sure if I would ever speak at all. And we all know how that turned out. Most of the time, I can make eye contact with you when you speak to me. That wasn't always the case. Like a lot of other kids with autism, I might not have been looking, but that didn't mean I wasn't listening. Speaking of listening, I can hear and see a lot of things and sounds all at the same time, which sometimes makes it hard to focus on any one sound or thought. That's why it may take a little more time to answer you when you ask me a question. Sometimes I get so frustrated that I get more upset than most people would. For longer than most people should, I might get too loud or I might scream! Okay. Okay. Don't look down. I love you. Don't be afraid to come ask me about it. No, seriously, it's okay. Just come ask me about it. All right, so you're nine-year-old George, a uh, snippet from this video. And it's so good on him for putting this together. I think, you know, maybe a lot of kids would be intimidated from doing something like that. But a way of kind of bridging that gap, which maybe that, that needs to happen more than it does. I uh, wanted to continue this conversation, uh, get some reaction uh, to, to this video and some of the uh, issues it highlights. Uh, so pleased to welcome to the program uh, here this afternoon, uh, Lyndon uh, Perrikin, who is Executive Director with Autism Calgary. Uh, Lyndon, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. 
Well, what do you make of this video, first of all? Well, uh, first thing that came to my mind, it reminded me um, of a student in one of our school presentations where we wouldn't necessarily aim to disclose someone with autism but create general awareness. But a young man put up his hand and uh, said, you know, I, I can understand this. I have autism myself. And he said, you know, it's, it's kind of like I'm operating with a different operating system. And, you know, brought our presenters to tears and, uh, well, they held back their tears, as did the teacher. Yeah. But, you know, it really says something. And I saw it in the video with that young man who said, come and talk, me, talk to me, ask me about it. You know, you know, as a culture, we're raised to feel that it's not polite to ask uncomfortable questions. But in contradiction to that, it's very natural for us to feel welcoming when someone wants to ask us something about ourselves. We feel good. Oh, they're interested in me. So I think that's a really a cool message that came out in that video for me. Right. He seems like a pretty neat kid, and, uh, you know, it's presented in a, a unique way. But, I mean, we, by the same token, I don't know that we should necessarily put the burden on these children to be the ones that we expect to, to explain their situation to, to the rest of their classmates. I, I mean, what about that side of it? Oh, I, I agree with that. I, I, this certainly doesn't dismiss us as a culture in a school to create an accepting environment. There has to be a very strong foundation of people uh, feeling comfortable to not disclose this they don't want. I mean, we certainly don't want it to be mandatory for people to be right. uh, raising awareness of something that's personal to them, but to create a very welcoming, comfortable situation where people feel free that they're not going to be judged by sharing something about themselves that makes them different. And is that a dilemma for families when it comes to, to classrooms, whether that needs to be disclosed up front, whether it's anybody else's business? Is it going to impact anybody else? Do people need to know this? Is that something that families struggle with? Many parents have different points of view on, on that notion of feeling comfortable about it being disclosed. That's for sure. Um, I think it, you know, and it also depends on how impacted the person with, is with autism. That young man is quite high-functioning. Right. Um, some families have a child that is much more visibly different by their behaviors and mannerisms. Autism is quite a complex disorder. Um, so families certainly do struggle with that situation and probably best to judge whether it's going to be something that would be supportive or empowering for them. What's the benefit to their peers in maybe better understanding this situation? Well, I, I think when we understand why a person responds the way, way they are, we're less likely to fill in the gaps and make our own conclusions. Right. So this young man said, I might get more upset than another other person would. Um, so... You know, so rather than his peers thinking, oh, you know, you're just not a good person because you behave that way, they'll say, oh, they have a reason for doing what they're doing now. So they move on and they don't think or dwell on it. Right. I mean, the, the, the child in this video, he's, he's nine years old. And so for, for other nine-year-olds to uh, understand all of this, I mean, is that, is that reasonable? Do you, do you think they can? I mean, uh, at what point should we be having these conversations in school? Well, I, I think a rule of thumb that a lot of parents in our community generally feel is that treating autism like it's a word you should keep a secret makes it look like there's a reason to keep it a secret. So it's far better just to make it a natural part of the vocabulary of our world. 
and then there's no reason to be hiding something. Yeah. It, it makes it just one of the ways that make people in our population unique and different. For children on the spectrum, I mean, how important is the experience of going to school and, um, you know, being in a classroom, having peers, interacting with other children? Uh, I mean, what what does that mean to them? Well, I, you know, I think all human beings have very basic wants and needs and desires to be accepted and to be part of what other people are experiencing. So I think, you know, it's certainly invaluable. And that level of sort of inclusion depends on really, you know, how much they're impacted by ASD and how different things and different environments impact them. So I think, you know, that sort of inclusive experience is a different meaning for different people. Yeah. Well, and I think certainly this this video uh, and the attention around it is is helping raise awareness. But in in terms of the bigger picture, do you, do you think we've made progress uh, when it comes to to understanding the needs and challenges of of kids on the spectrum and acceptance of these children? Or do we still have a ways to go? Well, I think we have a ways to go. A lot has certainly changed. Um, uh, University of Calgary School of Public Policy looked at a study a few years fairly recently and said over 30 years, the prevalence has gone up by 600%. Um, and one in 94 school-age children in Calgary and area schools uh, are identified as having autism. That is so much more significant in the past. Um, my, my oldest son with autism is 20. Certainly when he went into the school system, it was an unusual thing, right? The, the teachers, well, we've not had someone identified with autism before, whereas now it's common, right. you know? most persons can identify that there's someone in their school or their children's school with ASD. And people have a better understanding of, of what that entails. We're not all experts, obviously, on, on uh, ASD, but I think people have a, a more informed starting point. Is that fair to say? Right. It's becoming, it is becoming part of a social culture. We're seeing it in different television programs and movies in various different ways. And we're also seeing the diversity of it. We're not all you know, 10, 20 years ago, we're, we're all thinking of Rain Man or, right. you know, uh, the, the limited number of exposures we see in, in media and uh, theater and movies. Now there's a diversity of representation. So I think people are appreciating the complexity. Indeed. Well, certainly some important issues this all raises. Uh, folks can read more at autismcalgary.com. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate this. Thank you very much. Here you go. That's uh, Linda Perrikin, Executive Director of Autism Calgary. So he raises some interesting points. Uh, a couple of texts I wanted to read. Uh, someone says, the problem with autism as an adult with autism is extremely individual from person to person. But saying you have autism in an interview situation leads to being passed over uh, for a less high-maintenance person. Another text here says, uh, my oldest is on the spectrum. There's no way she'd be making a video of this nature. Uh, this kid's a very high-functioning autistic. Kudos to him. Plus, she's not interested in having people come talk to her. Right. And that's going to be the reality for a lot of kids, too. So it's probably pretty unfair to expect them to to all do something like this. He goes on to say, when your child is autistic, it's usually subtle at first. For mine, my wife, and she has spent countless hours trying to create an environment where she understands social situations and can function. It's a lot of work. And the fruits of that labor, people think it's not real. They think she's made it up. In fact, as she goes through university, the faculty struggles with this also. It's happened where they challenge certain special accommodations because they don't believe it. My daughter's 21. We had to take her out of school. So uh, that's unfortunate. 403-974-8255. A few other things I want to get to here. What's going on between Alberta and Saskatchewan? 
Uh, we'll tell you a weird story about Alberta license plates being banned at certain job sites in Saskatchewan. The Alberta government's not happy about it. What's this all about? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.